Welcome to Worship in the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. You are invited to stay tuned for the next 59 minutes to enjoy some inspiring music from one of Hood County's wonderful congregations, as well as an encouraging message from the Bible. The songs you are about to enjoy are from the Generations Church worship team, led by Pastor Shake Anderson with the Gen Praise Band and on special occasions, some great guest musicians. You are listening to Worship and the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. Stay tuned for more inspiring music and a message from the Bible. Hey! 
You are listening to Worship and the Word with Generations Church of Granbury.
You are listening to Worship and the Word with Generations Church of Granbury. The words to that song come out of the book of Revelation, where John saw heaven, heavenly city, the creatures around the throne of God singing these words to the Lamb who was slain for us. The Lamb is who Jesus came to be. He came to be that perfect sacrifice, that totally innocent one who would take our place on the cross and die for the sins of the world yeah. so that through faith in Him, we can go to heaven and say, worthy is the Lamb. How many are thankful, are you thankful for the Lamb who died for our sins? Injustice and sin is a great problem in the world. If you don't think so, just read the newspaper. There's just bad things happening all the time. Something must be done with this injustice. Should we destroy the human race? No, God said. I'm sending my son to be punished in their place so that through faith in him, their hearts can be changed and they can have a new beginning. He was punished for us. Therefore, we sing, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. But not only was He crucified, but He arose from the dead, and He's the reigning King. <laughs> Hallelujah. I have, I, have two, I have two pieces of art in my office that I really love. To me, we live between these two pictures. One is Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying before He goes to the cross. Not my will, but thine be done. Did that for us. His disciples were asleep. You can see them in the picture off in the background. The other picture is the returning king, victorious with many crowns on his head, riding on a white horse. Our leader, our leader who died for us, who paid the price for us, as the lamb for us, is coming back for us as the king. Hallelujah. So we live between his sacrifice and his return. By taking up our cross and following Him. In the meantime, we get to celebrate and taste heaven and sing the song they're singing in heaven. Because we've been redeemed. Death for us no longer is a threat. It's just a temporary pathway into an eternal relationship with the living God. Amen. Can we show our appreciation to Jim Grace today? Good morning and welcome to Generations Church. My name is Christina and we want you to know about some of the great events coming up. On Monday mornings from 10 a.m. to noon, we have intercessory prayer. We invite everyone who has a heart for our church and our city to join us in prayer as we intercede for the personal and corporate needs of our congregation, city, state, nation, and world. So make sure you make plans to join us this Monday. And Tuesdays, we have two great events you can be a part of. First up, we have our men's lunch break from noon to 1 p.m. at the Pearl Street Station, right next to Babe's Restaurant. Join the men of Generations to meet weekly for some good barbecue and great fellowship. And, by the way, if you do go, get the jalapeno sourdough bread. It's the best. Also, we have a women's Bible study every Tuesday from 10 a.m. to noon. This is a great time for women to get together for edifying fellowship and quality Bible teaching. Located in the Generations Church Project Room. And finally, remember to spread the word about our Worship and the Word radio broadcast every Sunday morning from 10 to 11 a.m. on 1420 a.m. KPIR. 
This is a great opportunity for your unsaved loved ones and those who cannot attend our Lord's Day services to tune in for inspiring music and an encouraging message every Sunday at 10 a.m. on 1420 a.m. Remember that you can always get more information about all the great things happening at Generations Church by visiting www.generationspeople.org. Turn in your Bibles, if you will, to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. There's a Father's Day card that reads, Happy Father's Day. And you open it up and it says, Dad, everything I ever learned, I learned from you except one thing. The family car really will do 110. Sometimes we add to the pressure of Father's Day by emphasizing the faults of fathers in Father's Day sermons rather than encouraging them. Supposedly, a girl was overheard saying to a pastor, actually, you preached a really strong sermon today because my daddy was slumping down in the pew. We don't want today to be one of those days. Hopefully, you'll enjoy it. 1 Corinthians 4, let me just read the text and then we'll look at it in detail. Paul wrote, as the founder of the church in Corinth, as an encourager to them in his absence, he writes them a letter. And in the midst of that letter, chapter 4, verse 14, he says, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. For though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. For this reason, I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. And I pray, Lord, you'd speak to us today through this sermon and through your word on how to be great fathers. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's sermon is a challenge to fathers, but a challenge to us all, because we all need to be fathered. Who would agree? We all need to be fathered. And so it relates to us all. Whether you have children or don't have children, this sermon really relates to you. This text was written by Paul, a man who wasn't married, a man who did not have natural children, and yet he was a spiritual father. And maybe you have children, but they're grown and your job is done, but I want to challenge you as a member of the church You and I are called to be spiritual fathers to other men and women younger than we are. Our text today, Paul wrote, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. The point he's making here isn't to put shame on people. Shame-based parenting really doesn't help your kids. It discourages them. It takes their hope away. You know, the sense of the future is hopeless because they are doomed to just live with this mark that's on them. If you have shame in your life, hopefully it's temporary and it leads you to repentance to get it off of you. So he writes them as a beloved father to his beloved children to warn them. A father who does not warn his children is not a good dad. So, brothers, we are not called to be our children's friend always. There are times they may not like what we have to say, but we must speak forth the warnings that we feel we should share. Verse 15, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, anybody can tell somebody what to do. You've heard it said, those who can do, those who can't teach. This isn't to slam teachers, but it's just the point that as Americans, 
we all have opinions that we want to share with others. But a father is somebody that shares more than an opinion. It's someone that lays down their life to see the next generation move forward. For in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through the gospel. The gospel is the good news. It's the story of Jesus. It's the fact that he came and lived a perfect life and died in our place. If we ever get away from that, we're in trouble. In worship, I would hope that our songs always connect us to the gospel. Otherwise, we're just another club or a new age movement or whatever. Enjoying, enjoying our version of God. The gospel keeps us connected to the real God. Amen. And Paul led them to the Lord through the gospel. So he was a spiritual father to them. And may we father others in helping one another to remember the gospel. When someone's discouraged, you say, you know, Jesus went to the cross for us and he came out the other side. So we have the assurance we're going to come out the other side. Gospel-based encouragement is what it's all about. Not, oh, you're really a good person. That that falls short because we know we're not perfect. But the gospel will never fall short. It's not the fact that I'm a good person I'm going to come through the other side or that I deserve a break today, but that, My Father loves me and sent His Son to die on the cross for me so that through faith in Him I would have hope to make it through obstacles that I face. So He became their Father through the Gospel. Therefore, I urge you, imitate me. Now this sounds so prideful, imitate me. But in reality, if you're a father, your kids are going to imitate you. They just are. Don't want them to. But they, they are. You think, if that's true, I'm in trouble because as a kid I was horrible. <laughs> as fathers, we raise our children as adults, not, not from our childhood, but from our adulthood. There was a dad punishing his son, meeting out discipline for a very poor report card he'd brought home. And A few days later, the son was in the attic and just happened to come across one of his dad's report cards. He came bounding down the steps. Dad, Dad, how dare you discipline me? Look at your report card. The dad picked it up, looked at it, and said, Yep, it's mine. I distinctly remember this. And very clearly, I remember the punishment I received for it. Come here, boy. Let me give you a taste of it. We father our children as grown-ups. The tragedy of the gross immorality that's happening in the world is a lot of people are becoming dads who aren't grown yet. So maybe you didn't get to do everything you wanted to do as a child, and now you're a dad. Step up to the plate. Childhood's over. Manhood begins. Begin to set the example. He said, For this reason I have sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord. He sent them a big brother, another one of his sons, to bring this letter as well as to help lead them, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. I'd like to speak to you today on the keys to being a great father. Great fathers are exemplary persons. Can we say exemplary? 
They set an example. Many times as a dad, when my children were small, I didn't set, well, the example I set for them was on my knees saying, please forgive dad. He did wrong. But even that can be an example of how to repent. 1 Corinthians 11.1, he said, imitate me just as I imitate Christ. The King James Version says, follow me as I follow Christ. He is our example. As we follow him, we become an example. It just happened. Paul wrote to the church in Philippi, another part of the church in that part of the world. Chapter 3, verse 17. Brethren, join in following my example and note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. This isn't prideful. This is recognizing the fact that when you're a father, people will follow you. And they need to follow you if you're going to be a father. Otherwise, they're going to follow somebody else. Oh, I don't want my children to be like me. Well, who do you want them to be like? The kid across the street? Maybe your dad's not there for you. I encourage you to look for those older than you to set an example for you because examples follow examples. If you want to be an exemplary father, find one and follow him or them. 2 Thessalonians 3.9 ends with these words. Make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. 1 Timothy 4.12. Be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. There is a, there is a whole sermon series there. Our word, our conduct, our love, our spirit, that is our attitude, our faith, and our purity are to be exemplary. Tell your neighbor, be an example. Great fathers are exemplary persons who imitate other great fathers. Nothing has helped me better in being a dad is to relate to other dads and learn from them. Oh, I'm going to be my own man. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Great fathers are exemplary persons who imitate other great fathers who are committed to their children's provision. Provision. Men basically are providers. And it it just is that way in culture, and some would fight against that and say there's injustice in the world, but the point is it just works, works very well if a man can provide for his family. And those who may shoot at you for providing for your family may actually not be shooting at you at being a provider. They may be saying, Dad, we need more than just material provision. We need some affectionate provision. We need some love. We need some relationship. We want conversation with you. So it's good to be a provider. Paul was definitely providing leadership to this church to the point if a man's a man and he's going to provide for his family, he will work more than one job. The stories I hear as a pastor over the last 20 years, not of members of this church, but people that we help that are in need, uh, a lot of times they're in need because a man just got mad and quit his job. It's like, how, how can you just get mad and quit your job when you have a family? We lay down our lives for our kids. Paul laid down his life for this church. Listen to the preceding verses to the text that we just read. He said, to the present hour, we both hunger and thirst we are poorly clothed and beaten and homeless. 
He went through hell for these people. We labor, working with our hands, being reviled, we bless, being persecuted, we endure, being defamed, we entreat. You've got to step up to the plate if you're a dad and do what you can. Do what you can to meet the need. And if you're in hard times, the church is here to help. Amen. We're here to help. But you just don't put your children in harm's way. You're a dad. And the same applies to spiritual dads. We lay down our lives. It is inconvenient sometimes to help people. I tell you, it pays off. It pays off. And if Paul is telling us in the 21st century, follow my example, here's an example for us. To be willing to become poverty-stricken to help somebody else if need be. The church will shrivel up and die in the earth if we shrink back from possible hard times. We become self-centered and it's just about us four and no more and nobody else. That's not going to help. The person you mentor may have children that will grow up with your grandchildren who will be a good influence to your grandchildren when they go through that stage of thinking their parents are morons. They need good influences around them. So your influence on other people's children will come back to bless you. Just will. God blesses those who give. Great fathers are exemplary persons who imitate other great fathers who are committed to their children's provision and their protection. You've got to do what you can do to protect your children. My children can laugh for hours probably in sharing the things that Yvette and I did to try to protect them when they were small. We didn't let them have telephones in their room. We, uh, yeah, horrible. And then a cordless phone came along and that rule went out the window. But, <laughs> but in those early days, we were privy to everything that was going on in their life. Now we've got cell phones. May God give you wisdom as a parent to get in your child's business and know them. There's parental controls to this technology. Thank God for technology that helps us to handle technology. You better use that parental control and not just go into hysterics because your child got into some kind of sin. We're born sinners, are we not? As children, we need to be protected. So the early days of our children's childhood, we didn't have a TV. We wanted to keep that devil box out the house. There were other reasons. We were raised without 24-7 TV, and if we had a TV, Yvette and I didn't do any housework. (laughs) Protection, 1 Corinthians 4.14. He goes on in the text we read, I do not write these things to shame you, but as my beloved children, I warn you. A warning is something we must take seriously. Sometimes as fathers, someone will come to us and warn us about our kids, and we may not like it, but we better heed it. Don't discount people that step out, take the risk, stick their neck out to come to you and speak to you in love about a concern they have about your child because you don't see everything 24-7. And so you better listen to what others are saying and not just get all defensive 
warnings come for a reason. It's so heated. There's something with it. Maybe put some salt with it, if it, you know, depending on who it's coming from. But heed it. Apply it. Do something. Make some kind of adjustment as a parent. Warnings are important because as parents, we are called to be people of protection. And spiritual fathers are people that warn others, hey, don't go that way. Don't. I've been down that road, and this is what will happen. You know, don't quit your job till you get a lead on another one. I mean, that, that's a road you, you can learn from. Years ago, one of our members was going to help someone that was coming to church here do a resume. Let's help you do a resume. That, you can, that way you can get a job because a young man couldn't get a job. And in doing the resume, when they got to, like, job number 27, in just a few years, they thought, you know what, let's not do a resume. This won't help you. Let's pray for mercy and get a fresh start somewhere. That's a young man that needs a spiritual father to warn him. Warnings are important. Great fathers are exemplary persons who imitate other great fathers who are committed to their children's progression. You want your children to prosper. You want them to move ahead. You want them to move forward. You want them to do better than you. You want them to stand on your shoulders and not under your feet. The elder is called to serve the younger. Maybe you were raised in a generation where the younger served the elder, and now it's your turn, and you want to keep your kids under your feet and keep them controlled like your mama controlled you. It's not healthy. You were not raised in a properly functioning situation. Help your children out and release them. Help them to progress May they not live in fear of your opinion all the time. May they move forward. Paul wrote to Timothy, that spiritual son that he was going to send to them. In his first letter to Timothy, he wrote, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy, with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And the next verse, he says, Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Timothy obviously had been in a church service where the leaders of the church had laid hands on him and gave him a word of destiny, a word of prophecy, a word of exhortation to propel him forward to the future that God had for him through his calling. And as spiritual fathers, if we see potential in young men and young women, we're to speak words of encouragement to them to help call that destiny forth because there's potential yet to be tapped if someone will just believe in them enough to help them to believe in it. One of my favorite preachers is Miles Monroe. He's from the Bahamas. He calls himself a Bahamian. And he says, the richest place in all the world is the graveyard. Because underneath the surface of the soil in every graveyard lies untapped potential. People died short of fulfilling the calling that was theirs to fulfill. Great fathers and mothers help their children to progress. And as spiritual fathers and mothers, we're to help spiritual children, sons and daughters, to progress, to move forward. Not just to warn them of the negative, but to call forth the positive in their life. 
That's the sermon. Great fathers are exemplary persons. Great fathers are exemplary persons who imitate great fathers who are committed to their children's provision, protection, and progression. In conclusion, Father's Day normally causes us all to think about our own fathers, whether they are gone or they are great, absent or not so great or even terrible. If not so great, if absent or even abusive, we have some good news to remind you of today. If your dad was great, but if for whatever reason he's no longer around, we have some good news for you too. Good news of a greater father, the greatest father. If you never knew your dad, here's some encouraging words for you as well. If your father on earth was abusive, absent, emotionally detached, verbally or physically mean, if his words were accusatory, guilt-ridden, condemning, if he had no use for you, ignored you, reviled you, if he turned his back on you, if he was disgusted with you and never had a good word for you, If nothing about you was ever good enough for him, know this, your Father in Heaven is different. If you had the kindest Father on Earth, if your Father encouraged you and supported you, if his words were words of life, if he was there for you regardless of your successes or failures, If he hugged you with arms filled with love. If he attended all of your accomplishments. If he loved you through all the difficult moments. Know this. Your father in heaven is better than the greatest dad. Our father in heaven is good beyond our ability to measure good. He is always with you and doesn't want to leave you. He never condemns, never destroys the good in you that bears fruit. He's never disgusted with you. He will never give up on you. He has a plan and a purpose for you in the kingdom of God here on earth. He wants only that which will push you to your full potential. He guides you towards your destiny, always correcting your course so that His perfect course for you is maintained if you heed His voice. He speaks words of life always over every one of your successes and over every one of your failures. He isn't abusive, but administers admonishment with a heart filled with love. He doesn't spare us pain if that pain will keep us on His road, will help others, or will be a light to those still in darkness. No, He is your perfect Father who loves you beyond anything you can ever comprehend. Our Father is different. Our Father is different. Our Father is different. in the house.
the married fathers, the single fathers. And call forth greatness. You are great fathers. And the single mamas that are having to also be dad, I want to call out the greatness in you. You're great fathers too. Help your, help your children. We all need to help our children in healthy ways to relate to other fathers as well so that we're not the only voice in their life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray, Lord, that you'd make us people of provision, protection, and progression for the benefit of the next generation, Lord, to help them shine. May we lay down our lives. Make us examples in Jesus' name. Bless all the dads today, we pray, and all the children. Amen. Let's stand. Put your hand on your heart and by faith receive this blessing. May God, our Father, bless you and keep you. May your heavenly Father cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and may He reveal Himself to you. May the Father of the universe, lift up His countenance upon you and give you His peace and a revelation of His will to you and who you are in His will. In Jesus' name, Amen.
tuning in today for Worship and the Word with Generations Church. You may hear our radio broadcast again at the same time and station next week. If you do not have a church congregation to call home and you live near the Granbury area, we would love to invite you to come check us out some Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Our meeting facilities are located at 5718 East Highway 377 on the Fort Worth side of Granbury. And our website is at generationschurch.org. Thanks again for tuning in to Worship and the Word. You may hear our next hour-long broadcast at the same time and station next week.